Welcome to Deep Shift, a show exploring the vibrant new future of a planet awakening. Welcome, Soul Fam. This is Michael Armstrong, and this is another episode of Deep Shift. We are talking to Aaron Douglas today. Aaron delivers a practical approach to spirituality, offering transformational mindset and movement practices. He focuses on what we can do now to change ourselves and change our world. He considers himself a new earth visionary, which sounds super cool, where he sees humans returning to their remembrance of unleashed divinity. He's a certified yoga instructor and also practices craniosacral therapy. Aaron Douglas, welcome to the show. Thanks, for, thanks so much for having me, man. It's amazing to be here. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm curious about the craniosacral therapy. Uh, what, what is that? Yeah, so craniosacral therapy is a, a light touch technique, basically, to calm someone's nervous system. So bring them from <clears throat> fight or flight, our crazy fear state that we're kind of always in, and take us to that relaxed state, kind of like when we were in the womb, and what it means to be fully um, relaxed. So having the spine, so the craniosacral system, you know, your, your head all the way down your spine to your tailbone, which is where the electrical system of the human is. It's where the human is um, spiritually firing. That's like the, the base of, of the human. And then from there we have our limbs, right? Um, and so when we relax our, our electrical operating system, um, everything becomes easier and you can, you can heal a lot of things that way. So, um, it's a technique that a lot of massage therapists will use, or, um, you'll just be a craniosacral therapist and you'll work with that part of the system. Uh, it also is linked to chiropractic in certain ways, um, and comes from osteopathy back in like the 1800s. So, uh, it's just a way to, to work with someone's body to bring them back to coherence and wholeness. Wow, that's that sounds like something I would like to do. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'd love to get done. Um, New Earth visionary, man. So this is this is an interesting time right now. Fascinating time to be alive. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of see it as like we're we're headed down a path towards this new Earth, towards a a, sh- a transformational shift on an earthly level. And uh, I'm curious your thoughts on it, kind of where we're headed, where we're at right now. Um, just sort of an overview of, of your thoughts on this whole situation that we're going through collectively. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Um, it's interesting because, you know, growing up, I've always questioned like, why am I here? You know, and everyone does. It's like the, it's the classic question that is there even an answer to it? And I think to, to put it simply, yes, I think there is an answer to it. And I think it's very specific and clear. And the more that one, unclogs their life and their mind and their spirit and their in their physical body as well, the more that it becomes very clear why we're here. And I think that's because the more clear we get in ourselves, the more clear that we are about what's going on externally, um, which is also internal at the same time. And so I think that as you realize that you can cleanse yourself and come back to like higher states of awareness it becomes really clear that the world can do that as well as a culture and a community of of everyone involved. So, you know, the more that you have a spiritual awakening or an uncovering and an unmasking of yourself, it becomes really clear that that's also happening out outside of us around us. Um, So many people are becoming more and more aware of what it means to be sustainable as a human on the earth and living from the earth and eating from the earth and sharing with, our friends, our, our friends of humans, our friends of, of animals, of spirits, of aliens, right? There's, we're, we're really all just friends playing a game. And when we start to realize that, then all of a sudden, I think it becomes clear that we don't need external power structures to tell us how to play this game because we have our own awareness and our own um, sense of responsibility and maturity to play it in a way that is fair to all of life because that's really what what life is, is when everyone is in coherence with each other and with our surroundings, um, that, that makes it so much easier to just live peacefully and, and do things from what our needs and desires are, as opposed to do things that external power structures suggest we do or, or ask to jump through their hoops in order, in order to do them. Like the permission to do certain things um, that we have from, that we ask our governments for, 
um, for example. And so when we're looking at coming into like a new, a new earth or a new space and this transition going on, there's a ton of political craziness, government craziness. But then when we look at a really um, close to home level, it's like, well, how is our relationship with ourselves and our families? And do we cultivate our own food? Do we nourish ourselves through ourselves? Or are we asking external power structures to nourish us? And that's really, I think what's going on here is we're realizing that it's in our hands and that it's something that we want to do for ourselves. Um, and we don't want to ask permission from other people and then have them tell us we can only do it certain ways. So, you know, one really practical and foundational level of, you know, are we coming into this new earth is, well, yes, because we want to rely on ourselves and there's more purity and more connection that way. We just naturally are being drawn that way. So that's my perspective on what's going on right now. I, I feel like I could talk forever about that, but that's just a really, I don't want to keep going. It's just, there's so much to it though. I, I, that's why I feel like I'm alive. And I think anyone can tap into that for themselves. Mm, yeah, I totally resonate. And thoroughly enjoy hearing you speak about it too. It's, it's, it's a really awesome perspective. And I like that you tapped into the fact that it's also attached to your purpose because I, I know myself included and a lot of people probably listening feel like they are here to help the planet, you know, better itself, to help humanity better itself. And um, because of that, a lot of us have sort of felt lost. And when we see the state of the planet, um, especially before everything started going down with this pandemic, it just felt hopeless. It felt like, you know, we want green energy. We want all this stuff. But um, the powers that be are so strong and the amount of money behind them is so powerful that there's really no stopping them. You know, not even protests or anything like that can really stop them. Um, but with something that on a global scale that has affected everyone on this planet, it's something that literally has taken down industries that were polluting the planet. And, um, you know, with like gas prices reaching uh, or prices of oil reaching below zero, you know, it's like everyone has been wanting a shift in terms of uh, alternate energy sources but it's been so difficult to take on these larger entities. And um, I feel like this is a really huge step in that direction. And I just think that a lot of people are being activated at this time to uh, step into their purpose. And like, I feel like if we have this internal feeling that I want to make the world a better place, then this is your time. You are, this, this is, this is your call to really, activate your gifts and share your gifts with people right now is such a great time to share. And um, so I met you in Sedona when I lived in Sedona a little bit ago and a couple of years ago. Uh, and what, one thing I loved about you was that you focused on movement and especially as everyone's inside their homes and, you know, <laughs> sitting and watching Netflix um, what are your thoughts on movement as a, as a movement coach, as someone who helps people move, you know, um, and how can people use that at this time? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, movement is life is what life is. Life never stops moving. There's always a vibration. Everything's vibrating. So, you know, like they say that stagnancy is what death is and what sickness is. And they say that movement is what health is. So if you can't have health without movement, then the whole idea of stay home really needs to be interpreted correctly so that you're not staying home and just sitting down and being stagnant. Um, you know, even if someone doesn't have a, a workout um, protocol every week, we still move around a lot. We're still doing things. We're still kind of busy bees. But with what with having stay home, um, if we're not quite tapping into the essence of movement, who get stuck in stagnant play. If you move your body, you will move your lymph, which will change your body's functioning. It'll change your mental processing. And it will basically give you space to be fluid. So when water is moving, um, it's healthy, it's vibrant. When water's not moving, it can get kind of stale. Like when you find a small pond somewhere and it seems kind of gross and it's completely still versus a river that's moving slowly or rushing, it's beautiful and it's invigorating and it's refreshing. 
So we have to realize that we're water, right? We're, we're mainly water. Everything is water. Water stores information. So if your water isn't moving and getting new perspectives, you're going to get stuck in patterns. So it's so easy for us to be in an emotional pattern or a mental pattern. It's kind of a downward spiral of thinking or feeling. And everyone is, is this way. So a theory or way to look at it is that the natural way that humans are currently programmed is to fall down unless we step up for ourselves. And so movement is the same thing as step, stepping up for ourselves because perspectives create um, more space for like free movement. Um, so what you could do is you could start a yoga practice, right? Or you could start a workout practice or you could just go for walks or runs or hikes or biking if you don't do those things. Now, if you do all these things and you feel emotionally, physically, or mentally stuck, then you want to move in a new way. Maybe you need to try a martial art, or maybe you need to just do an ecstatic dancing session with yourself or with people and in order to like shake things up. So one example that I think is really easy to, to understand is if someone is um, maybe, you know, a gym rat or whatever, and they do the same, the same few exercises. I know how, powerful that can be. But when you think about doing just the same movements, we're actually made to do a lot of amazing things and we can be very strong in a lot of amazing, weird positions. But if we don't use those muscles, that part of our uh, physiology and our neurology is not being fired. And so we're missing parts of who we are, parts of self-expression. We're missing parts of um, the way that our, our brain can think, the way that the pathways can connect. So by not moving, we're doing ourselves a disservice of getting stuck in ruts that are kind of mechanical. And, you know, when you look at our, the designs of, of our chairs these days um, and, and you see that it keeps you hunched over, you know, then if you don't do anything to come out of that, then everyone will be hunched over when we all kind of are hunched over. So imagine if our chairs were designed differently to keep us open if they were designed to keep us open, we would be functioning a little bit more clearly. But since that's not really how things are set up for us, if we sit, if we let ourselves settle into the default, we will find that we're not as fully expressed as we can be. So I don't know exactly where I'm going with that because I forgot what the original question was. So I will turn it over. No, that's great. <laughs> I want to keep it, keep it logical. Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, lots of, lots of wisdom and information. And it's, it's interesting to think about the body as being water, like a lot, mostly water, you know, and, and for that creek analogy, um, where it's like the water's flowing smoothly and easily compared to if it's just stagnant. And during this whole lockdown, you know, I've had phases where I have not moved at all for, you know, a few days. Uh, yeah. And uh, and then I'll get into like workout schedules, or I'll do a yoga, or go on a walk. Um, and it's so easy to get stagnant. And I feel yeah, I feel like there's there's multiple days where where you know my blood's not flowing. It's not flowing. It's like that that stagnant creek. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's such a great reminder to to get blood flowing. You know, get that oxygen moving. Like one thing I absolutely love doing is breath work. You know, it's just deep breathing for like ten minutes straight. And there's something really magical that happens when the, the it's, it's like the air mixes with the blood, you know, the oxygen uh, yeah, enters the bloodstream and enters the brain. And I just get all these great thoughts and epiphanies about my life and about different business ideas that I can potentially do and, and start. And um, it's almost like this upkeep of uh, keeping that, keeping the, the body flowing smoothly, like, I just ordered cordyceps on Amazon and um, the reason was because I want more oxygen in my blood and they found that um, they did some studies with, with athletes and they gave them cordyceps and after about three weeks or so um, and they took about three grams, they, their oxygen levels in their blood was so much higher than before. They were able to do more exercise, you know, more laps, more reps, than, than they previously were able to, to do. Um, so yeah, it's, it's uh, keeping the body healthy, especially at this time, especially at this time where we're all inside. Um, how, how's, your, how's your lockdown been? It's been amazing. It's been really amazing. <laughs> um, you know, the, 
the, the whole experience has been um, very relieving. And, and here's why. Um, you know, I came onto this earth with a certain level of awareness. And that level of awareness was that, was, was planted in me in a way that I went around saying that everything was fake. You know, I would say, oh, that, that's fake. You know, you know, and, and I would say that government is, is fake, or I would say that that random authority is fake. Or, and I would say, I would say all these things that they're fake. And then I even went as far as saying that this is fake, that the physical experience is fake. And then I know that I can actually just move right through it. But for whatever reason, physically, I'm experiencing those boundaries, even though I felt like there weren't really physical boundaries. And so basically what ended up happening was that the level of insincerity I saw around me, just meaning that everything is elusive. We're in an illusion in a dream. It just felt like I didn't know what to do with myself, you know, and that might sound a little bit extreme, but that's kind of what my process was. Um, and, you know, I haven't always been able to, to talk to everyone around me about different conspiracies that I see or like, huh, that doesn't seem like it's adding up. Um, but over the years, things like that have become less taboo and more apparent. And what I've really seen during the lockdown is kind of the veil falling a little bit. Like we can see more of the games that are being played behind mm-hmm. the scenes. And that's very relieving to me because I did not enjoy living in a world where I felt stifled to express uh, these ideas. And, um, I, you know, and naturally, I, I want to feel validated and accepted by my peers um, in, in a way, because that's a survival instinct. Um, I want to feel like uh, I'm, I'm a like-minded, and for a long time I did not. Um, but I think there's more awareness being spread very rapidly right now because of what's going on. Um, and even in a lighter sense, I've been really able to slow down and even just sleep for like weeks straight, like a month straight, I've been getting sleep. And that's something that I haven't uh, given myself for 10 years. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's by choice. I, I could have, but I would put school or partying or just staying up or working um, in front of my own, my own well-being. And, um, you know, I've been, I've been working in a restaurant as part of my lifestyle for, for some years now. And with the lockdown, well, the restaurant doesn't really quite exist so much at this point. And so that part of my life, it was structured, um, but also that I would use a lot of too, too much energy on, for example, um, has fallen away. And what's, what's come in is not something else asking for my attention because there's so little going on right now. Um, in, in terms of the world at peace, everyone's at home, everyone's more still. There's a lot of, there's a soft and gentle energy to this that I've been really able to tap into um, that I didn't quite feel the access to before because I was so caught up in um, the race, you know, and, and feeling like productivity um, was a higher priority than sleep. But this has taught me that productivity is contextual. It's, um, you know, sleep is a very productive thing and I didn't view it that way before. So, so I'm learning about these things and I'm very relieved because I didn't know when I was going to stop. Like the amount of like fatigue and just like, Oh, here we go again. Even though it was self-induced because it was completely self-induced, but this has given me permission for myself to settle into like, Oh, life's not that way. You know, I, I can be more present and I can live in more presence and I can live in more relaxation and I can actually sleep every night, the amount that I need. Hmm. So, you know, for me, it's been a really big relief. Um, and I've been up in the Colorado mountains instead of Sedona for about a month now, just soaking in the, the beauty and the, the new environment for me to enjoy and being by the water and in the pine trees and the fresh air. It's just, it's been a treat. Yeah. I, I just moved to Ashland, Oregon, like right before the lockdown, like literally like a week before they, they shut everything down. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, which was such a gift because now, yeah, likewise, it's like those pine trees, those mountains of pine trees all over and the air outside is so fresh. And I'm like, this is where I'm quarantined. All right, let's do this. Like <laughs> I'm 100% down. Um, such good energy. Sedona too has 
phenomenal energy. I was thinking about the, that warmth, this red rock, the red rock warmth. Um, but I was watching an Abraham Hicks video last night, and one of the comments that someone wrote in it was, because she was talking about like, what this whole pandemic actually means on, on their sort of level. Um, and it's, it's like you were talking about, this rest, this deep rest. And the whole world gets to experience this rest. And the top comment on this video was this one guy who said, you know, I have been working for 40 years nonstop. And I've been exhausted, but it's just what I do. And so I did it. And he said, this is the first time I've rested, the first time I've ever taken a vacation or a break or anything like that. And he said, I like it. I appreciate it so much that I can't see myself going back. And I was like, damn. <laughs> 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 you go, brother. <laughs> you know, create your own reality. And it's just, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing to think about this happening on a scale of you know seven and a half billion people like this is happening all around the planet with all these people it's just man such an unprecedented time and uh, i often have to sit and like rem remember that this is happening yeah it's so easy to get lost in, in just the everyday you know mm -hmm. do, doing what i do um but wow like things are shifting and things are changing quite significantly it's just uh fascinating time to be alive yes it is yes it is it's it's uh it's revolutionary really yeah yeah revolutionary indeed yeah it's it's like mother nature's took took her turn and it's like all right my turn you <laughs> know <laughs> uh, just like seeing like uh factory farms like animal factory farms um having to close down and stop raising animals because the supply chain has been disrupted or you know the price of oil just dropping below zero like all these things that are actually helping mother earth and um wow yeah quite a significant move she made <laughs> certainly is certainly is you know it's uh nature nature always wins you know we we don't even see the ruins from hundreds of years ago, like there's very few on the earth relative to how many buildings we have now. And so yeah. things decompose and, and fall to soil and new life grows. And that's just the cycle that's occurring and we get to watch it firsthand. I think that's really amazing. It's really a treat to be in, in incarnation, um, so to speak, because this is profound, you know, and the more, <laughs> the more, self-aware that one can choose to be the more you can reap the benefit of watching what's going on um just the the awareness like taking that time out each day from the day-to-day -day, even even during lockdown because there is still day-to-day -day, um kind of taking a step back and looking like wow and really just letting the perception of everything that's going on flood through and the meditation on that letting all the pieces assemble and you get to look at this grand puzzle that's going on and it's it's a treat to be here you know there's no doubt that we're here on purpose and people that are having conversations like this or listening to conversations like this are no doubt um either volunteers to help bring light to how we can start living um or they're they're here to feel the transformation for themselves and that's just it's just, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. To hear like people from the United Nations saying that we need to, instead of allocating money to any of the fossil fuel industries, we need to allocate the money to green energy. Like talking about that on this global scale, it's just remarkable. And yeah, you're right in terms of uh, mother earth. Like she'll be fine. She'll be, she'll be totally fine. Like if humans, if humans destroyed themselves, she would just take over in a hundred years, you know, there'd be forests and plants that break through the concrete, you know, and knock it all down. Um, so it's, it's almost less like it's her move, like it's a battle, but more of like, she's a parent, like a really loving parent. And sometimes you have to discipline your kids and they may even cry or not want that discipline. <laughs> but, um, if they're headed down a, a wrong path, you gotta, you gotta really, you know, treat them with some, some tough love. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. A good put it. Yeah. And so here we are. So how do you how do you see the earth, you know, in the next year, two years, five years, ten years? Like, what, what's your what's your dream? What's your 
uh, kind of vision for the new earth? That's a really great question. And I think that's a really important question that we ask each other that and ourselves that. I think that that might be one of the most important questions right now um, out of anything for everyone to ask each other. You know, what do we see of this new earth? What do we see? What do we want in the next few years, the next 30 years? What do we want our experience to be like? I really love that question. Um, I'm so glad you said that because that's really inspiring for me to, I really, I really want to bring this question out into the world. So this is perfect. Um, personally, what do I see? Well, I have this vision of new earth that is cooperative, that, you know, you and I are having an exchange right now. Um, we're experiencing an energetic and, and value exchange with each other naturally just by doing this, right? And later I'm going to go on a hike with, with friends and that's going to be an energetic and value exchange because we're going to enjoy each other's company and enjoy um, the exchange with nature and we're going to enjoy the exchange with nature with each other. So that's of value to a human. And we're, we're not paying each other for that, right? But what we're doing is we're coming together to have a shared experience that feels good and is uplifting. So when, when um, a year from now happens or two years from now happens or you know three decades from now is happening, what I really want to see and what I'm here to help shape is a cooperative nature of the cooperative nature of humans being remembered and, and seeing that when we trade with each other, we're doing it out of necessity, joy, desire, gratitude, service, and that's normal and natural to us as human beings. So for example, um, you know, humans can grow food very well. Um, we can grow so much food in our own yards, even in our small yards in the cities that there's too much food for our own family. And so, you know, if, if different people start growing food, maybe someone just grows melons and someone just grows lettuce or whatever, and this is a great example because it's very practical, then everyone can trade those things. But not because there's lack, but because there's abundance. Mm -hmm. And so when we realize that there is abundance, even if we only grow one thing, our household only grows melons, there's so much abundance in that because other households are not growing melons and they want melons and they have things that you want. And so when humans work cooperatively and in their natural nature, in accordance with the nature of abundance, the laws of abundance, then all of a sudden things become very easy and we don't really need middlemen, uh, which makes us just use ourselves um, as a tribe, as a community. And so that's really what I want to see. And the food is a great example because it's, we can picture that we can imagine that and we can understand that pretty much everyone has had a plant in their house that they've watered um, or grown some herbs, some basil, some oregano, whatever. And they, and then you eat those, those are easy. Um, but we forget to re we forget to realize that it's not, it's not the things that we can think about either. It's the things we can't think about that, that will, that I think will come about that I want to see come about like right now. Um, for example, and I really like using practical experience to kind of shift our perspectives. Like right now, if you want to get married, you ask a third party for a license to get married to your loved one. Um, that's very interesting. You also ask for a license to sell your food if you grow food, which is very interesting because isn't the license between the person buying and the person selling? That's where the agreement's occurring. So why is there a third party involved <clears throat> kind of suggesting how to do things? So rather than make this comment political, I want to make it practical. You know, you know, we got in touch and we said, Hey, let's do this. I, we didn't ask anyone to do it. Why? Because we're two responsible people that can decide on an agreement that works for both of us. Um, I think a lot of things are really that simple. And, you know, um, if I have a neighbor that has lettuce and I want to give them some melons, and they're going to give me some lettuce. I don't really want to ask anyone if that's okay, except for the person that I'm doing the um, trade to deal with. And right now, that's how we operate on a friend level, you know, peer to peer. We operate that way. We just kind of talk to each other and make agreements. We don't really go around asking people. But then when we look at large scale, the, law, the macro of our lives, we are asking someone else like, hey, is it okay if I do business on a big scale with all these people? Um, but I don't think we need to ask that. I think that we can figure things out for ourselves and that we can be our own parents in this reality. Um, so the more, that we, the more that we step into our own power, and step into our own responsibility and take, take hold 
of our physical reality and, and choose to make it what we want for ourselves. Um, you know, that's really what I see for the world. And so in 30 years, maybe we'll still be driving cars. Maybe they'll still be big corporations selling cars. I don't know. Um, but at that time, I know that there will be a lot more um, uh, grassroots uh, energy in how we live our daily lives. And, and, and starting to implement that now, I think, is the best step to get there. So, you know, there's a lot of um, things that this implies of what it would mean. But I think that in general, the biggest experience shift that I want to see us have in, in one or two years or 30 years is feeling more at peace in our experience in the 3D realm. And I think that that is felt when we feel supported from each other um, directly, like we're directly linked with ourselves and our community. And I think that's when we experience a peaceful reality. Yeah. Wow. Just you describing that paint, painted this really nice vision in my mind about, yeah, like what it means to, to live in this new earth and, and what it means for this shift to take place. And, and it feels as though money is a, a little bit less important, like needing money to live, needing money to eat, needing money to have shelter is, I think will be a thing of the past. Like how you described, like this person plants kale, you know, they grow kale and that's just what they do. Nice and easy. You know, you don't have to worry about other, any, anything else. And then like maybe even through an app, it's like, I'm the kale guy. I've got a lot of kale. <laughs> I'm looking for a radish guy. And, and you know, it's like, we, sh- we, we should have abundance in terms of food by now. You know, or at least like five years in the future, it's totally possible to have an abundance of food, um, especially as people eat less and less meat, you know, because that requires a whole farm and you got to slaughter the animal and all that. Um, but with plants, you just grow them. And anyone who has a yard can grow plants. And to to be able to share them with each other, it's like this, this gifting or this uh, kind of trading economy where, yeah, you have this abundance. And because of your abundance, like that is your worth like your abundance is your worth and therefore all this the creation of abundance is just this whole system where everyone you know can can have dinner for free <laughs> yeah, or the person who doesn't um grow something can be the um can be the the chef who cooks it for everyone <laughs> um <laughs> but uh yeah that's it's really fun to think about what this what this earth is transforming into because it's not staying the same it is not going to be the same it's it, it, as slow as it feels and as regular as it feels like nah, things are changing things are changing and um i think humans uh, on a pretty large percentile want things to be better than they are and so i say we make it better <laughs> so i say let's do this let's talk about it and yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's ask more people about this this question of what what their vision is uh-huh. um and anyone who's listening now you know ask your friends what their vision is for the future what their vision is for the earth and like, have this be a conversation that is something that plants seeds in people's minds because it's happening it is happening and i encourage the perspective of um looking at not so much of what do we think could be possible, but more of what do we want? Mm. Oh, so much more powerful. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I say that because I think the old paradigm is saying, okay, what do we have access to? What, what could we do? Um, will they let us do it? Or, or, or does it make sense to do it? But I think that, you know, there's a time and place for that question, but it's so important that the, the real question we're asking is this big elaborate question, what do we want, even if we don't know how to get there, because we can become it without knowing how. And so um, we can dream up the biggest thing possible. Our imagination is a, a chalkboard. It's like writing the code for the manifestation to come. And so this question being visualized and being experienced and emotionally felt is a lot more powerful than um, logically trying to see how can we do it uh, in terms of dreaming the dream. And then, you know, you let the, you let the dream come to life and then the mechanics can play it out, for example. So just, just an idea on that. Um, mm. I do want to make a distinction between 
um, what was it? It was, it was in my head. Oh yes. So we're very used to um, socially trading value socially, um, but we're, uh, with each other directly, but we're not used to trading work socially with each other. We're used to working for someone else um, and, and, and spending our work energy on some, someone that's not very connected to us. But we can, you know, like working for a, cor- a company or, or a big corporation that maybe doesn't serve our best interests or there's so much of that happening. I think it's really easy to, to think that trade is hard. But if we think about how, you know, just typically, let's say everyone in this scenario worked a nine to five job after five o'clock, they come together to spend, to trade social value, jokes, um, physical touch, like eating together, like everything, right? We share that socially and we know, we know very well how to do that. Uh, we've, we've been doing it since we were very little social trading social value just naturally because we, we enjoy it, but trading work value for so much of, of, of the population and for so long has been to a third party instead of to each other. So we can view um, the new earth as being willing and responsible enough and mature enough with each other to also trade work value. Um, Now, if you grew up on a family farm, you know what it means to trade work value because you're not, you may or may not be getting paid to be participating in a farm, but because you're a family, you're doing that together and you're trading work value. So I think it's, it can be become a gray area. Um, for example, when friends start to do business, um, or if you want to pay a friend to do something for you, it's like, well, is this social value or is this work value? Cause I'm used to an employer paying me for a service that I don't want to do, but, but will do. Right. And so we can kind of shift the perspective from, um, from those two being separate that we have to work for something or someone and then have friends because if we can trade work value, then we can be interlocked uh, with our own human needs. And that's when community comes together is when we need each other. Um, So I think it's okay and safe and good to work with each other or for each other. uh, When we look at a new earth economy, whether that's with dollar bills or Bitcoin or just physical value, um, you know, I think there's a lot of potency in realizing that we're self-sustainable as a human tribe. Yeah, that I, I think we're onto something here. <laughs> it, it feels right. This feels really good. It definitely. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I, we need to get to a point where um, where we're all taken care of and we're taking care of each other. Uh, there, there shouldn't be homelessness. There shouldn't be people starving. Like there, there's plenty of abundance already on this planet for that to not be a thing, you know? And so really it's about this, this, it, it, it's a, it's like an imaginative issue right now. We, we have everything we need. It's all here. We, we just need to imagine it up. And <laughs> <laughs> I feel like technology could help, you know, like with Silicon Valley, with the innovation there, with apps, with things that can um, be like algorithmically um, do a lot more than what the human mind can do. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like there, I feel like there's something, there's something there. And it's a really, it's really fun to have this conversation. And it's, it's, it's really nice that this got brought up because this is something that I want to talk about a lot more and just have it be a, a dialogue because, you know, like as we, as we speak about our visions for the future, it, it, it's, it's, it's like planting seeds. It's like these wave frequencies that are seeds just put out there in people's minds. And, you know, maybe I'm not the one who creates the app, but someone who just hears me talk about it or who hears their friend talk about what he heard me talk about or you talk about can make that app, can make that thing that then connects people in a way that is, you know, new earthy, you know, is, is inclusive of this community, um, this global community that, that we're in right now. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So what's, what's next for you? What's, what's, what's next for the vision that you have for your life and kind of where you're headed and what you want. And, um, um, yeah, paint us a little picture of, of what you're up to. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, my life has taken turns with the the lockdown. (laughs) Um, I was, I was happily participating in the race um, using all my energy to stay alive and to live a lifestyle that um, is fun, but it's not actually spiritually fulfilling. Um, so while being an aware and spiritually minded person, um, I was still choosing to do that. 
And I didn't give myself enough time to relax and reflect and, and all of these things. And when, when, when I don't do that, then it means that I stay on a path forward that may not be the most fulfilling thing in this life. So that kind of shifted and my things have been rearranged. And an interesting opportunity came into my life to basically start a homestead with my family. Now, I've been praying and dreaming of being closer and more unified with my family for a long time. You know, naturally, um, being a teenager, I kind of felt the opposite of that at one point. And, um, and then moved out on my own at 18 and started to live my own life. And I realized how lonely I felt. Like, why would I not still be around my family? Um, my family is not um, a divided family. We're a family that, that loves each other and cares for each other and supports each other um, and doesn't bring each other down. And that's maybe kind of rare in these days. It's not an easy thing to uphold. But because of that, um, you know, an opportunity came along to come together and, and um, on some land live and have a water source and start growing food and to be self-sufficient and self-sustainable to where if the electricity gets shut off or they don't want to give us water or they poison the water too much, that we don't have to say that, 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 we, that we can have our own fuel, right? So us just living directly from what's naturally abundant and available. So practically how that looks is having a garden, having a well, um, right? That type of thing. So you have your own food and water. Now, this is a really powerful and exciting thing because People in numbers, their strength in numbers, uh, when people come together, one plus one is no longer two. It's, it's exponentially, uh, multiple, multi exponentially grows, right? And so um, I'm just so excited to be looking at the next steps of now, which are, you know, me living on my own in the race to live a lifestyle that wasn't fulfilling. And I know that's so common. Going from that to what really matters to me and well, what that would be is being able to live life on my own terms with the people I care about. And, you know, that looks like that's going to be what's happening. And it's something I've prayed for for a long time and didn't know how it would go about. But um, what it looks like I'll be doing instead of kind of slaving away <laughs> and from that perspective is nurturing and, and, and loving the earth and what it provides and, and living from ground to mouth, you know, and from with people that, that I really care about in this lifetime. And all of a sudden that starts to meet, you know, my hierarchy of needs in a very functional way so that my baseline of having food and shelter and then the baseline of having the social support are in place to where I can do my own inner work and transcend this reality because I'm being, I'm feeling like my needs are met. So I've, I've said to myself for a long time out of the awareness of, of the issue that, that I don't feel like my needs are, are being met. And I started to look at that and reflect and question that and what needs aren't being met. Are those actual needs that need to be met? And if they're not being met, how could they be met? And do I have either the humility to get them met by telling my family I need and love them, for example, um, and, and, and will I have these needs ever met? So I started to ask all those questions and um, I started to, to realize, you know, I went a couple of years without feeling like I had a proper family community. And I was self-inflicted because my family is, is not divided. But um, I think the more that people get back to family, the more we'll understand that everyone is family that's living in our communities. Um, you know, in, in certain, it's not every culture of the world uh, in every country, but a lot of people find it hard to look at each other in the eye on the street and make a connection and say hello. And that's a very sad thing. But then when we look at the smaller scale, like can families do that with each other? Or if there, or is there division and anger instead of support and building each other up? You know, and fundamentally we're born into a family. We're born, most people are born, you know, out of their mother with a mother and a father. That's the typical occurrence is that there's a family of some sort. And when we don't have our original family that we were born into this physical reality with, then I, I think it can kind of fragment us. So 
you know, that's what's coming into my life now. And I'm so grateful for it that it's happening now and not later because I've been wanting it for so long is a little bit of a reunion of the family bond and the strength that's in that. Um, and so was this something? Go, please. Was, was this something that uh, started to unfold during this lockdown? Like, is this a result of that? Or, or is this something yeah. that's not? It's a good question. Um, it's a it's a result of that. So, wow. um, big, big picture, this has been something that's been in the works for a long time. Like, hey, if the world kind of falls apart in a weird way, you know, what's the plan for us as a as a family, right? In terms of keeping each other safe. But recently, it got to the point to where it was like, oh, it's very clear that now is a great time <laughs> to be self sufficient and start that and, and and kind of help the community get into that place because the the more people have their own house that's self-sustainable, the more stable everyone is mentally, physically, emotionally, the safer everything is, the better we can create what we want, et cetera. So this has just been a a really, really, really large spark and scream. Now, do it now, now, do it now. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. It's it's just amazing. It's like it happened because of this, what's going down on the planet, you know, and for example, today I was I was browsing I think Instagram and the advertisement was for Masterclass. You know, those like huh. professional classes where they always have this this leader in their field teaching you something. And the course they were advertising was farming, was creating a garden from this famous gardener. You know, like how how to do it. And I'm just thinking, wow, like this this is there 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 is a shift to the self sustaining lifestyle. And um, it's it's that's really cool that all of this has happened. That's like reunited you with your family because of what's gone down this planet. That you've been yeah. able to step back into that frequency of being surrounded by people that you love, and and to be able to create this project, which sounds which sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this homestead and this this self sustaining environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I too have been like I've got these planter boxes out back, just like waiting to getting some little starter plants and some soil and yeah, I'll be starting my own garden to, I, I know nothing about it, you know, but total amateur there, but I'm excited just to begin and to create and to see how, you know, how it all works. I just want to dive head into this, to this new life. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's amazing that you're doing that. And, um, you know, I think while we're doing this, we actually get our hands on the process of the Fibonacci unfolding, planting that seed with our own fingers and in our eyes. And you're getting to, to see what it takes for you personally as a physical human to like reap the rewards of nature's abundance. And, um, you know, with grocery stores and not living on farms, we don't know how that works unless we get our hands dirty. So um, I want to share, you know, since you said that you're doing it, that um, the Sedona community, what, what the Sedona community is doing that I've been involved with. Um, so, you know, I've worked at a prominent organic restaurant in Sedona and we're based around sourcing locally, hundred percent organic, real food, you know, from that farm to the kitchen, to your mouth. Like that's, that's, that makes sense. That's food. You know, that, that, that's great. What happened is lockdown occurs and um, they go from being 10, 20 shifts a day of people working a day to one person working a day. So that's a lot of people out of, out of work from that job. Um, we have a group chat um, for everyone to talk about scheduling and stuff going on with the restaurant. That turned from people trying to get their shifts covered, people looking to make some extra money, technicalities, whatever, from that to everyone's sharing how they're planting their gardens. So everyone's posting pictures of, look, this is my garden. Hey guys, this bug ate this. All of a sudden it's a bulletin board of gardening. So we went from serving food to growing our own. And, you know, there have been seeds shared. There have been healthy, like microbial rich. I don't, I don't know the terminology soil being shared to people's gardens information. um, You know, people using their trucks to transport things all of a sudden it's a collaboration of people growing their own food because we couldn't serve it anymore and that's just one small example of a community in one small town in one state in one country of the world 
that the response was not like devastation of, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? It was just, oh great, we'll just grow our own gardens. And um, I think that's really amazing, you know, you're on board and everyone's, it just seems to be the new thing. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. And it's like, and, and I think people, there, there's a little bit of this PTSD I think people have and, and will have with, with all the this lockdown and with the pandemic and the virus and all that. Um, and the people just, I think a lot of people have a little bit of this fear within them. And, and even like going to the grocery store or the idea of like all the soups being gone in the, in the shelf, like people will remember that. And I think of all of this stuff are just these gentle nudges for people to be self-sustaining and, and just organic, you know, just really like of the earth, by the earth and for the earth. Mm -hmm. Big time. Yeah. Big so, time. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing. And it's, it's, uh, I, I love, I love chatting with you. I love thinking about the future, brainstorming about the future with you. Uh, I would love to have you on again and, and see how you're, how it's all going, how the garden's going, how the home's going, and just kind of check in and 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 see. Maybe we could do like a on the scene video tour of of what's going down because I think it's I think a lot of people would be inspired by what you're doing and to see it all go down. Yeah, totally. That sounds great. Mm -hmm. So where can where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, totally. So Instagram um, at underscore conscious community. Um, so that's an awesome, awesome place. You know, I'm, I'm really wanting to post more to share more with people. But um, on there, I have uh, some of my YouTube videos, clips of the YouTube videos, um, and just posts and some of my thoughts, you know, um, the page is centered around conscious community. Uh, and then also my YouTube channel called conscious community. So that's where you can, can find me and I encourage you to connect on there. And, and, you know, if anything I've said is inspiring or interesting or someone might benefit from it to share people and link them up to the pages. Uh, my original envision for these pages were to create a community of awareness and people that are conscious and want to be involved in discussions um, about what it means to live in a conscious world. Um, and so that's where that's coming from. So definitely check out the Instagram and YouTube. Nice. Yeah. That sounds, sounds up my alley. That sounds, that sounds very new, <laughs> new earthy. <laughs> <laughs> we are in it together. So I'll include links to those in the show notes uh, and also deepshiftnow.com. Uh, Aaron, thank you so much for taking this time today. It's just been a lot of fun having this conversation. Yeah, it's been amazing, man. I really appreciate what you're doing and your platform is very powerful. Definitely providing a deep shift. And it's amazing that, uh, you're being that channel. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that reflection. I'm just having a blast and having fun doing it. <laughs> and that's how it should be. We should be having fun. And we should feel passionate about everything we're doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for everyone out there listening, talk to your friends about the new earth, ask about their wants for this vision for this new bright future. And uh, for everyone tuning in, be safe, have fun and see you in the future. 